welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet. And today in the studio, we have Craig Harder, dentist at Moselick Fam- Family Dentistry, and he's going to be going into some of the things he's been dealing with uh, with his COVID-19, uh, and he's done some really, really cool stuff. One of the things I love about dentists <clears throat> is they are as much artists as they are about science. They can build some really cool things, including some, he built a really cool reusable um, uh, respirator mask, and I, we want to show that in the show today. So first, I would like to talk a little bit about, I've been updating you about my um, son's hospital bill a couple weeks ago, almost three weeks ago. He broke his leg, and we're starting. The bills are starting to come in, and I just wanted to update you guys. I have been working with him since the day I got the bill, and um, was as asked. I've asked for an itemized hospital bill, and I have still yet to receive that. But I want to let you guys know that. <clears throat> remember, um, you guys are the consumer, and when we are in healthcare, we're the consumer, and it shouldn't be that difficult to get an itemized bill. I look at it like this. Think about if you were to go to a hotel. If you were to go to a hotel and you're ready to check out and you want a copy of all the charges that you've ring up at that hotel, including rooms and if you put any food on there or any anything else that you've put on that bill, how hard would it be to get an itemized bill? It wouldn't be that difficult. They would just print it immediately. The hospital bill should be no different. They shouldn't make it difficult. It doesn't have to be difficult. So keep that in mind. Stay tuned. I'm going to do um, some more Facebook posts. Uh, I got a bill that's really, really interesting. I think you guys, the listeners and viewers, will find it interesting about some radiology charges that, that we saw that are nine times different the first time than they were the second time. And that stuff has got to stop. So we have to... Um, hold people accountable. I don't want to m- get a, in a fight about this. This is just about being a consumer of healthcare. And just as we do in our show, it's about educating and empowering consumers that they are in charge of their own health and their own healthcare dollar. And being financially responsible is very, very important. That's what makes things expensive when we just wash our hands of it and we just let somebody else pay the bill. Now, that is one of the options they gave me is that they said, well, Christian Healthcare Ministries will just pay this. We'll just bill them. I'm like, I understand that, but I am responsible for this payment. Um, essentially, it is my responsibility. I want to make sure I get the biggest discount first and be and be fiduciary responsible. So <laughs> that's what we're working on now. So stay tuned for that. Um, I am going to let Dr. Harder start this. And first, if he can show that little mask he made um, to the camera, if you guys can see that. So, Dr. Harder, tell us about why you made this mask and how COVID-19 has affected your practice pre, post, and during. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, So, I will say right off the bat, um, getting shut down uh, was uh, a very fearful experience, uh, not knowing what was going to happen in the long run, how things were going to work out. And so, for the first week, I had my own self-little pity party. And then one day I woke up and saw that some friends of mine had been working on some uh, building of um, N95 type respirator masks that could be 3D printed. And so I got a hold of them and we started working together on some things and it was my way of uh, getting back and being productive. So then we started making, uh, teamed up with a gentleman from Dr. Dino Casciotti's office uh, who also does some of the same things with their 3D printer. And so we ended up printing about two dozen masks for local healthcare workers 
uh, and got them in, had them uh, retrofitted so that they'd be fit uh, specifically for each person. Uh, got a little news coverage through Q6 out of Spokane, which is very nice. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it really helped me uh, helping other people because that's kind of what we do on a daily basis uh, when we're able to work. And so this uh, has been a big deal. Um, through that, then we started, okay, now as we're getting closer and things are getting developed, um, another uh, version of that came out to where we said, okay, um, yeah, this mask can be washed lots of times and everything, but it's still not much more comfortable than the real N95s that are so tight. And uh, so came up with another version um, from a company called Bellis 3D, uh, which could, uh, with an iPhone, you could scan somebody's face. And then this was 3D printed off of that file to fit their face and could be held tight against a regular type 3 surgical mask. And so uh, that's what we ended up doing. I made them for several offices across the country, their staff members and things, and had them shipped out. Got them each made for my clinical staff, and that's what we're using now. So essentially that, what do you call that, a face fitter? Face yeah, it's called a face fitter. Yeah. So that a would turn fitter. a regular surgical mask into yep. an N95. Yeah, so if you look at uh, the classifications, an N95 is 95% filtration of bacteria and viruses, and that's what also a type 3 surgical mask is. The only difference is that the N95 is actually fitted to uh, close tight on the face. And so if we could do that with a surgical mask, which is much easier to come by, much cheaper, because right now the N95 masks are $5 and up. Right. And if we're having to use that with every patient, uh, that becomes very pro cost prohibitive. Um, if we can make these, which can be sterilized, can be run through cold sterile, can be used with uh, anything to, that we'd normally wipe down even uh, the tabletops with, um, being able to use that uh, save dollars. Again, we're uh, trying to also make sure that our uh, staff is uh, taken care of that way. And these fit the bill. They've been tested um, that uh, they work every bit as good as the N95. So. Super cool. I love yeah. it. Jan, do you have any questions for Craig about that? Well, I, you know, it, it brings me to the discussion we have with many people about wearing masks. And yeah. So why, why can't our, our staff just wear a mask that's made from home? We're going to, if we want to get into that big thing, <laughs> I think they can. You know, I, okay. I, I, I am one who... Um, while I've done this, I've also been able to do a lot of research and follow some of the literature and things, and the science is not out there uh, for much of these masks. Um, and common sense says, yes, we should wear masks, but when you get down to it, the science says they're not helping us. Um, if we, especially, uh, there's a, a very popular, maybe misspread uh, lit review right now out there that showed that um, surgical masks uh, have not improved uh, health outcomes of surgeries in hospitals. Um, you get down to any science that's been done on surgical masks and all that, there's really very little out there that's been done since we started wearing masks in surgical suites back in the day. And so, yeah, some of these, um, we, we like to call them uh, health security theater. Uh, it's We're making patients and people feel better that we've got right. them. How much they're really helping out, um, it's really tough to say because the science doesn't show that they're helping out much. Um, but at the same time, OSHA's got me say uh, as it required for me to give my staff members. Uh, the CDC has come through and said that we... Uh, Common sense says that dental procedures are going to stir up aerosols, which may contain virus and put uh, employees of dental offices at higher risk. Yet they also recognize that the science isn't there to show that. 
And so they are saying, yes, if you can uh, find something that fits close to an N95, that's good enough, uh, which is their kind of way of backing out. Uh, right. So I'm going to jump into another uh, category of discussion. I've talked about this a couple times on the show that um, wearing gloves. Yeah. Um, my concern is what I see is people wearing gloves everywhere yes. without changing them. And essentially, they're still transporting every virus that they may have come in contact with, unless they're changing. Like you go through a drive food drive-through, and the uh, people have uh, gloves on that they're handing over the food. Did they just change that between each client that came through the drive-through? No, they didn't. Um, so we're not changing anything. We're just trying to make everybody feel better. And at that point, then we're also costing more money. We're increasing literature or litter, excuse me. Right. Uh, if we're talking about uh, green uh, energy and health and all those things, then uh, we're really doing filling up landfills with all the masks and gloves that are being used for very little reason. So it looks like we have a caller on the line. Caller, are you there? Yeah, I think my question was, is, you know, with the masks, being so tough anyway if you've got asthma hard to breathe what what uh what's getting on that i mean that that makes that makes tough oh dr harder dr harder so being um you get him to the headphones please uh janet or or uh, lindsay so um asthma make it harder for you to breathe when you have a mask on um dr harder do you have any uh comments about that um yeah again when it comes down to especially an N95 mask, a really tightly fitting mask with uh, three layers of filters, um, definitely does make it more difficult for um, anyone with asthma uh, or uh, COPD, any of those things. Um, and so it does kind of come down to uh, what are our common sense things, um, uh, facial covering, if that's um, going to be adequate or not, uh, might be the better route to go. Um, the science is so far out there of not being able to give us any straight answers that I think we do need to go with the common sense things where um, we have to say, okay, for this person, wearing the mask is not helping. Did that answer your question? I hope that answered your question, caller. Um, so, and that reminds me. So, be part of the show. Anybody that wants to call in, 509-765-1470. Ask a question for uh, Dr. Harder. All right, so Dr. Harder, specifically, how did this, how long did you have to shut down and what did you do with your employees and, and, and those things? So we shut down, I believe our date was uh, March 14th. And uh, we had to be, we were, ended up being shut down for 61 days. We were able to open back up on May 18th. And uh, the governor, in his infinite wisdom, decided at 12.01 uh, on May 18th that we couldn't open until noon. Oh. Um, nobody understood why, um, but there was some negotiations before that that he was going to shut us down until September. So we were happy to be able to get back going. I will uh, not tell you what I did, but uh, every other office still opened at 7, 8 a.m. on that morning. I don't know <laughs> of anybody across the state that actually held off and changed their schedules because of the noon deadline change. In the, uh, but, um, so, yeah, we were shut down till then. Uh, we had to uh, move over 400 uh, appointments, and so we're still trying to work on that and uh, prioritizing um, our patients on their need and uh, trying to get everybody fit back in, which has been a struggle. But we brought in some extra help, uh, thankfully, and so we're, we're getting caught up. We hope to be all caught up by the end of July. Wow, that's staggering to move that many people and yes. to readjust for sure. So I imagine... It was a 
kind of fun to try to get ready to open too. So yep. can you speak to that? I'm lucky. My team is, uh, I have a more mature staff. Um, they've been, all, everybody's been in dentistry at least 10 years. And so they had a better understanding of what it was going to take, um, what it really means to work hard. Uh, and everybody was excited to be back to work. Um, they were getting, uh, prior to me getting the um, payroll protection plan uh, funding from SBA, they were on unemployment. Uh, they had been uh, furloughed, or I can't remember what their other term was, but so basically they had a job when they uh, when we were allowed to come back to, so they were able to collect the $600 extra, and they were getting that. Some offices around the country are struggling to get people back in because they are still getting unemployment and making the same or more money sitting at home, mm. or maybe they have uh, daycare issues that they have to deal with. Luckily, that hasn't been the case for us. My team was ready to come back, and so we started having some meetings going through new protocols that we needed to implement uh, to follow all the guidelines and all. But yeah, we hit the ground running. At first, we were going to try and really slow up the pace. And um, then we found, no, <laughs> let's get back to what we do best, what we're comfortable with. We've never been a high turnover office where we're cranking through 100 people a day. But we also found that only seeing 10, 15 patients a day, um, we lose money doing that. Uh, we lose our... We don't really need the same number of staff members, so we've got people sitting around doing nothing. That doesn't really work well, uh, and we're also not able to take care of people, basically. So now we're back up to full steam, um, and things are going smooth. We've yes. had a few little hiccups here and there, but overall, yeah. That's good to hear. Um, so I imagine you had some extra steps at it. Yeah, uh, we had a few things. Uh, Governor Inslee has his safe, safe start plan. Um, so there are a few new protocols that we had to follow. But dentistry has, for the last three decades, since the AIDS crisis started, has been at the forefront of uh, sterilization and infection control within a setting. And so we just needed to maybe extend some of that out to the front desk area, some sure. of those things. Um, but overall, um, not a lot of changes had to be made. There are some things... Um, because of the fear of aerosol generation, um, our hygienists now wear uh, face masks, uh, excuse me, shields okay. along with that. Um, that's a struggle for them to get used to. Um, they're an uncomfortable thing. Uh, vision is not as good through those as well, so that becomes a little bit of a handicap. But we're dealing with those things. Um, yeah, the whole cost of PPE has gone up, so it's difficult for us to find masks. And so that's part of the um, nice thing with us being able to 3D print the mask, and that's helped. Uh, we have silly things like now the governor requires us to have uh, signs for both patients and staff to wash their hands more often. Like nobody's heard of that already. Right. Um, <laughs> as of today now, my front desk staff, if they have any interactions with anybody in the office, they have to have facial covering. doesn't have to be any specific type of mask. They just have to have a covering. Uh, which again, that kind of limits. We're in a, a interpersonal relationship business, right. and so we want people to be uh, comfortable when they come in. They're automatically nervous just by the sights and sounds and smells of a dental office. So this is one more thing that kind of gets in the way of being able to take good care of people. But we're dealing with it, and people are understanding. We have a few questions that we now have to ask uh, to pre-screen uh, patients before they come in. Uh, we have to ask them if they've taken their temperature. If they haven't, then we can take their temperature. It has to be under 100.4, which is a little bit tricky because people are coming in from outside and all that. So then we have to wait for them to settle in for 10 minutes and retake it. 
just little things that way that sure. are making changes. But again, dentistry is safe. Uh, the CDC itself has said that uh, there are no clusters of uh, transmission of the virus from dental offices around the world. They're just not seeing that. And so there's a lot of fear-based things um, that we're having to work through to help patients be comfortable. Sure. Awesome. Well, that leads us in. It's about time for our first break. You're listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham on AM 1470 KBSN, where you can listen to us every Monday, 1 to 2 p.m. We'll be back in a few. And welcome to the second segment of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. And if you missed our first segment, it was we have Dr. Craig Harder from Moses Lake Family Dentistry in in the studio. And you can listen to us. You can listen to us AM 1470 KBSN Studio um, online. Also, Facebook, my personal Facebook page, Sean Needham's Facebook page, and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site. And as always, these episodes are... Archive, so we find us on our on your favorite podcast form, so iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, 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 all of those. So, um, Doctor Harder, you were talking about the new regulations, even some more new ones that came out today. So, about your front office staff have to wear masks. So, when is this going to stop? Is this the new normal, or do you have any answers on that? I honestly think that's the the biggest question of all and the most difficult one and what is uh, making um, the lives of not just dentists, obviously, but every business owner and everything uh, pretty rough. Um, Sad to say, but dentists have, you know, we've always had that reputation for the highest suicide rate. Um, In the last month, I know of six um, Mm. dentists who've committed suicide and it was primarily based off of already having issues with uh, mental health uh, but now we add the stress and strain and the unknown, uh, that fear tacked on top has really led to a lot of issues. And so I can't tell you, we're hoping that by September um, we can start saying that things are back to normal. Um, but that's just a wish and a prayer and nobody uh, giving us any real guidance on that. So uh, you know, that's Hopefully, uh, we start seeing now as we're in this uh, graduation time and everybody's getting out more and we're starting to relax things, We hopefully we won't see any big spikes in uh, cases and we can start saying, okay, we are building up that herd immunity. We're starting to see things get back to normal and it's okay to be out and see our friends and be around people. And let's still continue to have common sense of if you're a high-risk individual, let's stay out of those situations. Um, Let's continue to have good hand-washing routines and all that stuff. So I think there's some definitely good things that are coming through dental offices right now. Uh, One of those things was that, yeah, we maybe didn't pay attention to wiping down the front counter after every patient. We kept having people reuse pens. Well, now every patient, when they fill out paperwork, has a new pen that they take home. Silly as it is, but that's one more small thing that, yeah, maybe we should have been doing that all along. So there are some good things that are coming through. That's good to hear. So on a personal note, I think um, just because I've known you for so long, yeah. because Dr. Harder is my dentist as well, I know you've had to take some um, precautions with your own family. Yes. you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so my daughter uh, is, uh, she just turned 21 years old yesterday. And when she was 14, she was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And if you don't know, uh, CF is primarily a lung disorder. Uh, where her lungs are constantly under damage and we're trying to uh, keep infections at bay because every time she gets a lung infection, 
it decreases uh, her ability to be healthy and shortens her life. So for us, this has been a really big thing to be cautious about. She happened to be in Spain studying abroad when this all came down. And so we woke her up at 3 a.m. when uh, President Trump put the travel ban into place. And she was on a flight 12 hours later home. Okay. Um, and we got her in. And, um, you know, she has been very diligent about uh, staying home and staying out of situations. But now, you know, shoot, two months later, as a 21-year-old kid who's stuck at home with her parents and she's trying right. to do online school and... <laughs> I think she's at about her wit's end as well, and she's trying to get out and do a little bit more. And um, so, yeah, we it is definitely something for us to be more cautious about. And so it has been something that, you know, I'm not just blowing off for sure. Right. Um, and that carries over between house and home uh, with the office. So, I think... Uh that speaks volumes because you have to walk that line between, you know, yeah. the family security and the health. And yep. then how do I put food on my table? Yeah, right? exactly. Um, you know, if it's just me, I could be pretty flippant about this whole thing and figure, well, if I get it, I'll just be toughing it through. I'm a healthy guy who's going right. to stay healthy and all that. Um, but I can't take it home. I can't take this into our house where no matter how good we are at cleansing everything in the house, I'm going to be within six feet of her. She's going to sit on the couch that I was just on. She's going to be around everything. So, um, yeah, we have to take those precautions while still trying to find that happy medium right. of we need to expose her to some things. Um, we've, My wife and I have always been of the mind that our kids needed to play in the dirt and uh, right. get exposed to everything and all that. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's a new world. Um, it's been interesting. Uh, she has to go every three months to see their uh, specialist doctors, and it's usually a six-hour appointment as they go through all kinds of things. And now it was a uh, facial, face-to-face through a computer uh, appointment. So you start thinking, okay, is how important were all these other <laughs> six-hour-long appointments? That's uh, right. What did they do then that's different now? And uh, But I think everybody in healthcare is learning through this, and um, hopefully things do improve. I uh, I've been trying to stay on the positive side as we go through this as a whole community and say, okay, here's some things that uh, have been improved um, right. and let's carry those on while also at the same time, let's stop panicking about every little thing now. Um, I think this weekend's graduation was something that the community can say, okay, this is something that might be better uh, going through a parade deal to move it along and all that. And um, right. so there's some things that hopefully are good. Yeah. I, I have to speak to that graduation since our son graduated this Yeah, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Yes, Jordan was totally uh, excited about the parade, and I think his friends were too. And so um, to all the Moses Lake uh, planners in the school district, as far as um, their planning and coordinating with Grant County, the city and the police department and the sheriff department, I think they did a great yeah. job. That took a lot of coming it together did. on different avenues to right. make happen. Yeah, and I also want to say thank you to the community because I think they made the kids feel really special with Good. the parade. So Good. I think that was a big success. Yeah. So maybe we can shorten it up again next year, right? <laughs> As one who's now sat through three of those four-hour graduations, I can tell you it's good to shorten that up a little bit. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that I listened to on Facebook with graduation is the choir director had the choir sing oh, the song yeah. Rise Up. And I thought about this. How inspiring is this that, you know, kids are telling us to rise up and 
That's true. Yeah. I mean, as business owner, we have to rise up to the occasion. Yep. As parents, we have to rise yeah. up. So, I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, one of the things that I've, from my own soul searching through this, has come to the fact that I have to be a better leader. Uh, it's one thing for me just to lay down and say, okay, here's what the governor says we got to do, and we're going to do this in our office, and um, not have people in my team buying in. I had to step up and say, okay, yeah, there's some fear of the unknown, um, especially our hygienists. Hygienists are supposedly ranked as the number one high-risk person to uh, contract the virus. Um, so across the country, there's been a lot of battles between hygienists and their dentists on what are you supplying me for PPE or personal protective equipment? Are we doing everything that we can? Some are saying, I'm done. I'm never coming back to work again. Um, whereas uh, I think that we did a pretty good job as a team coming together and saying, okay, here's what we can do. Here's what makes sense. Um, here's what will allow us to take good care of our patients and make sure that you're staying healthy as well. Um, so yeah, there's so many examples of that across the country in different avenues of leadership now is more important than ever. And I, I think our city yeah. has come through well with that as well. Excellent point. Yeah, I, well, first of all, Craig, you're a great leader and a great dentist and, and an entrepreneur. And all these things that you've went through, you know, I can tell from your conversation today and I could tell from just following you on Facebook with, you know, that you were definitely, you did a long post when it first happened. And I could tell that, you know, there was probably some depression going on. And, yeah. I, don't, and I don't blame you, yep. you know, for sure. And probably fear of the unknown. I mean... You know, fortunately, Janet and I, we were labeled as essential workers, at least for now. Um, and so we didn't, you know, we never really had to close down. We well, we had to make some changes. But, uh, you know, so kudos to you because instead of just sitting back and twiddling your thumbs and doing nothing at home and getting more depressed, um, you know, you designed a mask and, you know, decided what you're going to do when you, when you open back up. And I'm assuming that the day you could open up, you were open, correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of <yeah>. course. <laughs> yeah, if I could have convinced my team to start at 5 a.m., we'd have been open sooner. But, um, yes, uh, and again, the community has been fantastic. We've maybe had two patients out of the few hundred that we've seen since we got open that had some issues, but overall, everybody uh, to a T has thanked us, and we're excited to be back in the office and excited to just plain be out and visit with people. Um, nice thing is through this again as a bit of a leadership issue is trying to then reorganize how we want to do things. This has been a great opportunity to say, okay, how much time do we want to spend with patients? Do we want to change up some of that scheduling things? Do we want to um, stop doing some procedures that we didn't enjoy doing and maybe weren't worthy of our skills? Um, and so a lot of that has been good to uh, reanalyze, think our way through, talk with the team, um, and I think, again, that's part of through this, let's take the good and be able to throw away the bad sooner. That's true. I know with us, we've looked at projects we haven't addressed or haven't thought about or we always wanted to get to. Yeah. And so you actually really have that conversation. And like you said, there's always something that could be done better or different or not at all. Yep. yep. And, you know, some of those things we don't even think about exactly. until we're yeah. faced with something to say, you know, let's eliminate this totally or let's perfect this. Yeah. You know, yep. so. Yeah, there's been several things as we've gone through these first three weeks of saying, okay, we're finding that that's something that our patients really valued more than we thought. And so let's make sure we capitalize on that. Let's get the word out that that's something we do. 
uh, and help out. Uh, so we're trying to be cognizant of writing those things down, having short meetings to talk about some of that stuff, and that's been good. Also figured out that I will be a really bad retired person. So, <laughs> Um, I'm going to probably be working much longer than I was, and my wife will like that a whole lot as I'm out of the house more. So. Yeah, well, Jen, Jen and I, uh, we, you know, obviously you love what you do, and, you know, and I think sometimes we have too many people that look forward to retirement and, you know, just look forward to that day. But in reality, if you love what you do, that's kind of retirement. You're doing yeah. what you want to do. And Jen and I make jokes about it all the time that we're not going to retire until we die. We might work less. Yeah, but we love what we're doing. Yeah. So you know, why would we want to retire? And I can't imagine, Janet. If I if we had to shut down for two months and I had to take two months off, Janet would have killed me. <laughs> well, there would have been a lot of honeydew lists. I'm yeah, sure, yeah, but... but I don't like the honeydew list. <laughs> I was really productive early, and then it got to where okay, I think I I went out of the sixty one days I had been to my office fifty eight times. So. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. What a what a what a great story. So, let's lead let's lead into a little bit, um, Craig. About um, what you know. Dent, I don't think a lot of people realize about how much dentists can affect overall health. Uh, we were talking talking to you before the show a little bit about some of those diseases that dentists actually catch before medical doctors. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things we did talk about early on that is surprising to a lot of people is sleep apnea. Um, dentists can be one of the first to really see and recognize the symptoms from sleep apnea. The two main things being uh, flattening of teeth from uh, clenching and grinding at night. As you're trying to move your tongue to a new position, um, we'll grind our teeth. Along with that comes some GERD issues, gastric reflux uh, causing erosion as the gag reflex kicks in as your body's trying to get you to breathe again. It's kind of the kickstart, so we see some of that. Uh, also, periodontal disease, um, and again, this has really become a bigger issue, is periodontal disease can be linked to health of our lungs. Um, it's the part of the direct pathway in. So if you're having uh, any bacteria, any spirochetes, different organisms that are involved in periodontal disease, yeah, they are also leading to more heart disease issues, increase of inflammation in the body. Uh, you know, you've got basically a patch of tissue the size of your fist in your mouth, and if it's got gum disease issues, that's a pretty big spot that you would go to a doctor to get taken care of if uh, you notice it. And a lot of people, because it's not so easily visually seen, aren't getting things checked out when they need to. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because you're talking about inflammation. And we had a uh, Michelle Murphy from P3 for Life on our show last week. <clears throat> and she's all about preventative medicine um, and especially with cardiology type stuff. And um, really a lot of a lot of disease, underlying disease is caused because of inflammation. Yeah. And talk about, like you say, if you've got an organ, I don't know, mouth is not an organ I, per se, but the size of that, you know, and it's inflamed, that's pretty serious. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's pretty easy to say, oh, it's just teeth or, yeah. Um, but then let's say, okay, you've got bad gum disease, so we're going to take out all your teeth. Now you can only chew with about 20% of the same force that you could before. Okay, so I'll get dental implants. That's great. And just be prepared for a $50,000 investment, which people who tend to have these issues also have an inverse relationship of money. So if you've got bad teeth, you generally can't fix them. So let's start with the prevention side and stay on top of it that way. Um, but yeah, there's some amazing things we can do. 
amazing ways that we can get you back to health, but we've got to get you in first. Um, and again, going back to the masks and all those little things that we need to be able to con communicate well with our patients. And some of these uh, theatrics of uh, what we're trying to protect against are getting in the way of that. And so hopefully we can, again, come around to what is proper, what works and what still keeps people safe. But yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great transition to our next commercial. Uh, you're listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Well, you'll see us in a few. Hello and welcome to our third and final segment with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Uh, we have Dr. Craig Harder, dentist, in the studio today. And um, if you have any questions, give him a call. Be part of the show. 509-765-1470. Any questions for him as a dentist or anything uh, that has affected your life during covid um, let us know. Let us know what you think about the mask he built or, or the mask that people are wearing around now. So um, let us know. And, and so, Dr. Harder, you were talking about getting people in. Um, one thing that I've always noticed for the many years I've worked with dentists through my pharmacy is that dentists seem to be better than medical doctors about getting people in for routine maintenance, wellness checks. Can you expand on that? Yeah, it's it does come down to being pretty simple is that we can be called molar tooth mechanics. You know, it comes down to the same thing about changing your oil, rotating the tires on your car. Things wear out, uh, things that you don't see without looking under the hood, without looking in the mouth. And um, when I got into dentistry, I expected that it would be easy. People would tell me where something hurt and I could look at it on the x-ray and know what to do and fix it and make it all better. But that's just not the case in that it does take a lot more of being able to look at the full mouth and talk more about symptoms and test things. And so we have been able to luckily um, do well as the leaders in prevention. And if we can maintain that, then we can keep people saving money. Uh, people ask me all the time, well, what dental insurance should I get? And I say, well, if you're healthy, you shouldn't get any dental insurance because you're gonna save money by saving some money in an account and paying that bill. Uh, if it's going to cost you $500 a year for insurance, we're going to pay about $450 a year in dental care if you're maintaining things. And so through that, yeah, you might have the occasional thing, but dental insurance is more like a coupon anyhow. It doesn't cover things very well. You know, if you have a major procedure, it's going to cover less than what it would if you have a minor procedure. So again, if you, with prevention and we're able to, uh, communicate well with our patients, we can uh, continue on that path. I love that. You know, that really, really hits home with our radio show, Dr. Harder, because we talk about that a lot here at our radio show. And on the book that I wrote, um, Sickened, How You Ruined Health, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It, uh, that book is available on Amazon, Kindle version. I'm working on an audio book and a paperback version, hopefully to be out this year. But one of the things we talk about in that book is that the best health insurance we have is not some policy we can buy. It's the same thing you're talking about with dental insurance. It's how we take care of ourselves and our teeth and mouth already. Um, that's going to be the best insurance that we have. Is that yeah. kind of where you're going with that? Yeah, exactly. Um, again, get me on a, a long soapbox. Oh, we love it here. That's what we do here. But <laughs> Again, dental insurance is a coupon, and it's a very limited coupon. You know, if you have something major, they'll pay 50% of whatever fee they decide that it should be based at. 
And so you're going to pick up the rest. If you have a small procedure, it'll be 80% again off of their fee. But they're only going to do that up to a limit of $2,000, where unfortunately dentistry has gone up with inflation at a lower pace than the rest of uh, the U.S., um, but it still is far beyond what that $2,000 that they set back in 1970 was. And so, sure. uh, yeah, again, dental insurance is a bad buy. It's only good if you have a large, uh, you work for a large company and they're taking care of it for you. Sure. So I'm going to change the subject because I'm a mom. So <laughs> I want to give some viewers some tips because I, I feel like um, dental health is mirroring the health of of our bodies. And yeah. so when we're talking about our kids, what are some things that moms and parents can do to help encourage kids to have good hygiene as well as um, what nutritional things might affect their development? I, as my own aside, uh, our biggest issue that we see is in the teenage population. Okay. Um, and it's all comes down to nutrition and it's usually has to do with sport drinks or coffee of some sort. Um, Dental decay is an acid disease, so we're trying to keep our acid level down uh, so that we're not demineralizing the enamel, taking calcium out of things. All of the sodas are uh, have a pH that is acidic. Coffee is our worst, and then if we add some sugar in it to feed the bacteria, that's also going to lay out more acid, then we're going to have bigger problems. You talked about juice, you talked about, you didn't say energy drinks, I can't remember what you said, but... Coffee. If there's one coffee, what is one thing you could tell parents to to change to make their kids' oral health better? If there was one thing, only one thing. Yeah. I if only one thing, I would say stick to water and <laughs> all other flavored drinks with meals. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, then we're stirring up more saliva, and our saliva is pretty magical at buffering against acids. But if we're just going in with the drinks, um, then we're in trouble. So you can speak of saliva, and you know, there's a lot of medications coming from a pharmacist. Oh, yes. There's a lot of medications that, that cause dry mouth and will dry up the saliva. I'm going to guess as a dentist you see side effects like that from a, a person's oral health, correct? Yeah. Um, what really becomes a nightmare for a dentist is the patient that maybe uh, didn't take great care of things early on in their life, so they have a lot of really big fillings, a lot of crowns, a lot of dental work in their mouth. But then when they hit uh, their late 70s and they're on a blood pressure medication, maybe they're on a diuretic of some sort to where it's drying them out. And now they also don't have the dexterity to be taking care of things well, not being able to floss. And so we're getting a lot of plaque in there. We've already seen some recession. So they've got exposed roots that don't have the enamel covering. And so they're uh, less uh, mineral content there and they're higher risk for uh, issues. Those are the patients that are so difficult for us to take care of because we're just chasing the decay, as they say. And we're also then having to take out teeth on somebody who's not going to heal very well from it. And it becomes quite the cascade. So at that point, it's impossible for us to say, gosh, if you had <laughs> taken better right. care of things early on. But it's also a good constant reminder for me of why I need to do the best possible work I can, why I need to be a little bit more aggressive in some cases to say, here's something that I know down the road is this going to really cause you issues if we don't take care of it now? So speak of that, do you think it's um, possible and realistic to say that most people should die with most of their teeth? Is that true? Yeah, they is definitely really? should, can. Um, we have, you know, a, when I was in school, again, I'm feeling like an old man. I keep saying that, but uh, it was just came down to, uh, yeah, if somebody wasn't having good nutrition, wasn't taking care of things, they got bad teeth. Well, now we do know there is some genetic link to issues of 
um, being able to naturally have a good immune system, of having a better uh, saliva content that has uh, more of a, a power to help buffer against the acids where some people, their saliva isn't very good and so it sticks to the teeth more and some of those issues. But overall, yeah, we're in a, a time now where it's very realistic for most people to keep all their teeth barring physical trauma. That's that's always good news. You do see a lot of um, implants now. I don't know if they're yeah. more common than they used to be, or I guess that's a new. Is that a new? It's very not, new thing. No, yeah, it's not so new in that it was uh, the first ones were being put in forty years ago. Um, but the uh, ability for general dentists now to place them rather than having to go to a specialist surgeon who is going to charge maybe more money. Um, overall, uh, yeah, when I was in school, we were one of the only colleges that actually was teaching undergrads to place them. And where'd you go to college? Creighton University. Okay. Uh, Nebraska. But uh, most guys that went through, there's maybe you got to see one implant placed or you were lucky to place one. Whereas now, nearly every dental school across the country is teaching it to undergrads to be able to place and surgically do that. So we're getting lower costs. It's one of the few procedures that costs are going down, thankfully. Um, and it also... It is very good because there's some, uh, again, we're talking earlier about inflammation. Uh, not all root canals are this way, but uh, there's a lot of chronic disease still left from root canals that were not completed well. They may be asymptomatic, but we've got inflammation remaining in there from it. And now we know that, hey, we could place an implant in there rather than uh, going with that and we'll still have a tooth for you and be able to uh, get you back to chewing health. So, um, speaking of implants, so implants, uh, they're kind of a, are they, are they, what, what's the disadvantage for them as far as, what, what was your other option? Your other option is yeah. dentures, correct? Yeah, for anything right. we've got going, we have the option of doing nothing and going without a tooth. We've got the, if we're just missing a single tooth, maybe we can do a bridge, which is capping the teeth on either side and connecting them, or we can place an implant in there. Implants, uh, the downsides are, yes, it's expensive and it's not immediate. I could turn around and have a new bridge for you to fill in that tooth within three weeks, whereas it's six months to get the implant restored because bone has to form around it and make it solid before I can go and put anything on top of it. Uh, the other side is that a lot of patients that uh, need implants are also the ones who weren't taking care of the teeth to begin with, and implants still have to be taken care of. Uh, they still have to be brushed around. They have they're still at risk for periodontal disease. Yeah, you, know, you can't get decay around an implant, but you can definitely still have other issues. So the failure rate as we've gone to more general practice uh, dentists uh, placing them has gone up because maybe they're not being as surgically sound in their sterile environment and things like that. But overall, uh, implants still have an over 92% success rate. Wow, that's good. All right, so a minute and a half, Dr. Harder, uh, tell us your parting words and how um, people can get a hold of you. Um, I'll leave it as, uh, don't be scared. Uh, dentistry is still one of the safest, uh, things that we've got going in medical care right now. Um, even the CDC says so, so come on in. Um, but yeah, you can reach us at, uh, 765-4351 or we have a great website, moseslakedentist.com. So what's in the future for you? For me, at Moslick Family Dentistry. Um, I think we're going to continue trying to do a little bit more adult, uh, short-term orthodontics. Uh, we're using our 3D printer for that. So we've got a great program that we can uh, take a digital scan of your mouth. And on the computer, the next day, I can generate a full treatment plan of how we're going to get the teeth straight. It's our own uh, version of Invisalign. And it's less expensive and something I really enjoy. 
It's actually orthodontics because of those type of programs has actually come down in price quite a bit. Yeah, correct? it really has. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I came to town, ortho was thirty five hundred dollars for uh, full bracketed, and that was you know twenty five years ago. Um, now I can do that same process essentially with our uh, in house aligner system for the same price. So. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Harder from Moses Lake Family Dentistry. We appreciate you being on our show today. And I hope uh, the listeners and viewers realize that um, how important oral health is and, and what dentists do um, for our overall health of our, of our entire body. So thank you for being on. Thank you for having me.